Hello, friend. We are here to talk about Mr. Robot Season 3, Episode 4. Come on and join us. You're tuning into the destination for TV super fan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I feel like I'm giving too much That's neck right. on my dance where I'm just like... I'm giving a little bit shoulder. No, no, I think you're, you're into it. That Like, you're the <laughs> appropriate amount of into it for this song. Hello, everyone, and welcome hey. to the Mr. Robot After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Steve Coffey. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Coffin. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. How quickly I dropped the affectation from the cold open. <laughs> Hello, right. friend. <laughs> I'm done. Hey, I'm no me rest. now. All right. I'm Leslie Corral, and you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Leslie the Face. Uh, JC Rubio is working a gig out in Nevada, and um, Rick, Rick Hong. Is sick. Rick is sick. Rick sick, man. So or, we're just ju- us two. or we're just in the universe where that's happening. Yeah. There's a, there are infinite they universes, a so there's yet. so there are universes where all four of us are here, full strength, that's going right. at it. There are universes where I'm not the lead host. I don't like those universes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. This episode, though. Yeah. Well, this, this show in general, just so, well, like, slowly woven stories. We're four, season, or we're four episodes in now. What do you think of the season so far? I'm enjoying the season. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is I had all of season two to let go of the idea that there's going to be this huge payoff. And okay. I'm And I'm actually diving into these well-written, well-rounded. So you well-rounded... don't think there's going to be one? Because I still do. I mean, I would like, I don't, I'm. I'm not seeking the payoff anymore. Okay. Whereas, like, season one had that perception shift and, like, mind blown, mm-hmm. man. And then season two had one that still yeah. caught me, didn't catch most people. It caught me. It it caught me that, like, I don't know, I, I and, like, all this talk of, like, Hadron collider, Colliders and, like, the Mandela effect, that, like, you can't help but feel like this, this is all one giant fuse leading to a giant bomb. Yeah. Whereas... What actually gets you are weeks like this, or weeks like last week, where it was just Tyrell, just all flashbacks, where you're like, I actually care about these people, and like that's actual that's actual storytelling. I agree, and I feel the same. I and I I think with me every season, um, the story got a little more complicated and more dense, and mm-hmm. I feel like I myself am like trying to think of these new theories that would have been way over my head in the first season. Um, so I feel like that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying it, and yeah, I love the characters. I still feel like I'm you know, caring about what happens to them, what matters, and so forth. This episode got me not hating Darlene as much, because I, I not that I hate her, but I kind of was just, like, meh for her, towards her for a while, but now I'm like... Well, there's been a lot of secrecy, and this, this show does a great job yeah. as well of, like, keeping characters in the dark for very long periods mm-hmm. of time. Like, Tyrell is the prime example, because, like, we hardly saw him in Season 2, and then we got a whole episode with him in Season 3. And I think that's to be expected. Uh, you bring up Darlene, so I'll actually just jump yeah. right into Darlene and Dom. So Darlene has been in a safe house for some time. Yes. A safe house that's also a nice ho- like a nice room. And the FBI set up a safe house like so she's been doing she's been working Elliot and like she's been this asset for an, enough time. Man, Elliot's good. I mean they picked okay so it kind of picked up where the episode 2 ended up. Um following the subway scene which I want to eventually talk to, but you know, she's in this house and he's there. He's like I mean, he's Mr. Robot. Yes. Where um, I kind of picked that up right off the bat, and then when they're talking, and then he switches. But just I, I felt like it was such a like life in New York comics. How are you even affording? How do you afford this? Yep. Like, how are you living here? And it's just everything is clearly suspicious FBI. off yeah. the bat. Um, but their exchanges are always so like Darlene and Mr. Robot. They're always so tense, and I mean, they're good. Uh-huh. 
I, man, uh, specifically the Darlene Dom stuff. Mm-hmm. This scene was money. Yeah. This was the scene we've been waiting on for a long time. In fact, when I went through that crazy um, augmented reality experience at Comic-Con, one of the few, one of like the five pictures they gave us was a picture of them at a, was oh, a really? picture of this scene, them at a bar with each other. Okay. Which is, I think, part of why there was some, like, any ambiguity that Darlene may not have been compromised by the, like, may not have been mm-hmm. compromised and isn't informed. Well, I think FBI it's was interesting gone. that you say that. It was when you were waiting for. It wasn't something I expected. Like, I wasn't expecting them to have, like, a little bonding moment. You know, I felt like it was kind of like a scene where I think normally I would have been like, eh, you know, Darlene and Dom. But I felt like they kind of, Darlene won me over a little this episode. Just, I don't know, just following her a bit. And then with Dom kind of sharing a little bit of a vulnerable moment. Yeah. So it was nice. It was a scene I feel like I unexpectedly really liked that I wouldn't have normally, you know, thought. Yeah, and it was also, it was about them. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of motion outside of them where it's like, really, can, can you just buy me a drink and we can we just, like, talk like people? Yeah. Where are you from? Why are you this way? What's your deal? Like, without ta- without getting into, like, everything else. So what do you think was her motivation for asking those questions? Because I've read a couple of different things. Um, I think she... I think, and it also came back to that subway scene, too. That, mm-hmm. Like, she deeply regrets what she's done. Yeah. And she feels she's done more harm and that she's really in a bad way and there's no way out. So a lot of it, to me, feels like she really just wants to understand this terrible situation that she's put herself in. Okay. <clears throat> so, like, who is Dom? Why is Dom, why is Dom here? How and did she, Dom wind up here? Yeah, and she brings up the fact that she has no life now. She really hasn't had it any other outside social interaction. She's been estranged from her brother. Her boyfriend got killed. She's kind of been cut off from F society. Well, the group that she was leading at the beginning of second season. So this is kind of like the only person she can talk to. Yeah. That too. I think there is a level of, um, but I read somewhere online, someone mentioned that, you know, she might be potentially trying to hack her down the line. And, you know, by asking her these questions, it kind of gives her an insight into, like, maybe possible passwords or logins. Mm. Um, which I think is interesting because she, you know, in the earlier in the episode, she gave up her identity or you know, mm-hmm. her wallet. I'm assuming it has her IDs and all that stuff to the girl in the subway. Um, so it was kind of just like a thought that maybe it wasn't as just like a conversation. There might have been an ulterior motive there. Who knows? Yeah, that is... I'm trying to think more to that. Like, there must be, there must be more to this than, I don't know. I also think we're going to, we're seeing. I mean, she's a hacker. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Terrible. I I hope she's credited as terrible pickpocket. She's probably (laughs) credited as pink haired girl on the subway, but like, I don't know. I really liked, I really liked. That was a really good opening scene. Yeah. I felt like I didn't know where it was going to go at first. And mm-hmm. then as soon as I, I kind of picked up, I was like, oh, she's going to let her keep the wallet. Um, she's keeping the Polaroid. Um, but then it's also like she's confessing everything to this to this girl on the subway um, that it's probably good for her to finally just get it out. Because like you said, maybe it's eating her up. She's starting to feel like the guilt of the repercussions. But at the same time, she's confessing to someone that, you know, it's just a stranger. It's a nobody. And realistically, couldn't even harm her because it's an unreliable source. Like this is a pickpocket at a subway if she were to speak no one's gonna believe her anyway i don't know it's kind of it was almost like a, a nice cathartic moment where she could say her truth without really having to worry about any well, thing coming back truly to really not having to worry about it yeah because minus a cell phone video like going viral mm-hmm. and the court of public opinion coming after her the government's not coming after her she's immunity 
Yeah. She's cooperating with the FBI. So of all the people to admit their involvement in the five nine publicly, she she, it's her. She's the one that could be like, No, I did this. Yeah. Come at me. Oh wait. The people that would come at me aren't. Because I sold out my brother and I'm a dead husk of a human inside because of it. Dead husk of a human. Yeah, I'm I working. Like that. I'm trying some stuff I out. I like that. I'm trying out some, I'm a, or at least emotionally, I emotionally feel like a dead husk of a human. Something like that. <laughs> so she, um, so she holds on to the Polaroid, but then at the end of the episode, she leaves it behind. What do you think that means? Um, well, you would think it means specifically that she's leaving. Yeah. She, like, that that's her one baggage, and that she, whatever her plan is to keep moving forward and help the FBI and shut down F-Society, involves her kind of burning Elliot. My question... Why doesn't she think it's appropriate to tell Dom and the FBI that Elliot has multiple personalities? I know. I've thought this, too, especially because when they have the discussion of, you know, why hasn't Elliot turned them in? And, you know, why? I mean, he could easily send an anonymous tip. I mean, they kind of ignore or kind of gloss over the fact that he, yes, he could do all that. But then he's also putting himself in danger because what are they going to say? Oh, you know, Elliot, you don't have to... Go to mm-hmm. jail because it's not you. It's Mr. Robot. I mean, it's it's him. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Ace Skynet in the chat has something really good. I think she wrote a note to Elliot on the back of the Polaroid. Well, I, yeah, I was gonna back go back to that. I feel like it, it was it was not just leaving behind something, but it's almost like a letter, a goodbye note yeah. to Elliot, just even within the picture. It would itself. probably be a goodbye note, but coded in a way mm-hmm, that he'd mm-hmm. get he'd get to whatever it actually is. Exactly. So. This this opening scene on the subway takes us to outside of Darlene's house, mm-hmm. which is under surveillance by the FBI because it's Darlene's safe house. Um, Darlene is obviously on that subway. They make a really good point to show us uh, a Comet electric truck. Yeah. This is important because yeah. Comet is the name of Sam Esmail's first film. Oh, That deals okay. with multiple realities and stuff. And a cute little Easter egg. Meaning, and I believe Common Electric, if you followed it down, would be owned by E Corp mm-hmm. and would be some subsidiary of the electricity stuff that Elliot's parents or Elliot's Elliot's dad specifically dealt with and got cancer. Oh, so it's all like yeah. really tight in that way. That's good. I was noticing in that shot as well. Besides the comet thing, there's trash bags everywhere. It's just like piles and piles of garbage, like on every corner of the street, like. You know, the shit's piling up, like it's just getting worse. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a well, good... Well, because they created, 5 Nine yeah. created anarchy. And I think um, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job of, um, well, first off, with the Amazon Echo stuff, the Daily 5 Nine, they're doing a great job oh. of, like, really, like, laying it on thick with, thick with that Alex Jones type of person, mm-hmm. where it's like, things are getting bad, folks. Things are getting terrible. You better <laughs> sit in the corner with with your tinfoil hat and your e-coins. You gotta have e-coins. Yeah. And, like... Okay. Yeah, like that. I really enjoy what they're doing there, and I also they're showing the reality of like what would happen if you just kind of if you left society to lose trust in institutions. And in season one, Not we as great as it sounds. And in season one, we yeah. thought that's exactly what we wanted. And now you're realizing that it's not that easy. Things are complicated, and um, I th- I had a random thought just now that I think this show is trying to tell us that anarchy is impossible. I mean, I think it's possible, but I don't think it's a, a good solution. Yeah. But I like, mean, you can descend into anarchy, but if your goal is to do that because it's easier to reset, that's not the But case. that's the thing that anarchy, anarchy 
even when there's anarchy, it's actually an illusion, just like choice. I think mm. is the deeper. I think there's the deeper part to that. That it's you. And you think you... it's anarchy. You think you're creating anarchy. You think anarchy can ultimately lead to some type of utopia. Actually, Bank of E is still. Bank of E knew Five Nine was well, going to point. happen. If anything, you know, if you create an anarchy, it's almost solely for your environment. The people that you actually want that to bestow upon, they're the same. You know, yeah. we saw. Um, the head of Ecor this episode. We hadn't seen him in a while. Um, mm. And he's fine. He's in the back of a limo, you know, talking on the phone with Angela. His world, I mean, maybe He created ego, a currency. Yeah, I mean, his ego, you know, is maybe taking a hit. He doesn't feel... But at the end of the day, he's going home to a rich place. He's fine. And the people all suffering are the same people who are, mm-hmm. you know, in debt. And, and stage, two is, stage two is still happening. Yeah. Oh, before we move on, I did want to mention the one other thing I noted about Darlene and that whole scene in the beginning was that um, she mentions, you know, killing a woman, mm-hmm. you know, the oh, lawyer yeah. from the second season. And I and I kind of like that they did that because that's something I, you know, you forget, you know, there's so much stuff going on. But yeah, she took a life. And, you know, again, it's just a reminder that it is eating away at her. Something that because in all of the chaos that we've forgotten, this is still a person. And, <laughs> you know, she hasn't just moved on from that. That's something that's still haunting her. So I felt like I really liked that moment because it just, again, shows us that, like, you know, she's still internally dealing with all of this other stuff on top of seeing her boyfriend get killed and feeling the guilt of the destruction of the economic system and whatnot, like, and there's this person mm-hmm. whose life she took. So, I don't know, it was a really humanizing moment. I like that they reminded us of that. Actually, while we're on Darlene, before we move away from Darlene, did you see what movie she was downloading? Oh, I forgot. Yes, I do. Shazam. Shazam. With Sinbad. Which is hilarious. Why do you think that's hilarious? Well, because Sinbad's not in... Perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right. <It's> <laughs> okay. Shazam is a movie made by, made with Shaq. Yeah, where he plays a genie. I remember this. But similar to the Bernstein, similar to the Bernstein, Bernstein, the Nelson Mandela, yes. the like. The, this is a very recent. This is a very recent occurrence of the Mandela effect that people will fight you tooth and nail. That Sinbad was in. <laughs> in there was a Sinbad starred Shazam. I'm trying to think if, because if Sinbad Kazam, even did anything. No, Sinbad was never well, actually, a genie in is anything. Is it called Shazam? No, it's Kazam. It's Kazam. The Shaq oh movie gosh. is Kazam. She was downloading. He raps in this movie. She <laughs> was downloading Shazam with Sinbad. It so was listed right there. In this alternate Which plane. Or hypothetically would imply. A Shazam with Sinbad. Okay, maybe? Is, is now the time to it, say maybe this is another universe? Well, no, is now the time for me to go on my recent, my most up to date rant? That, okay, okay, go. Okay. I want to hear this. There are two universes that we're seeing. Mm. Elliot lives in one, Mr. Robot lives in another. Okay. But Elliot and Mr. Robot are the only conduit that can travel between mm. them. Which okay. is why Darlene never told Dom. The very simple answer that, well, when my brother's a revolutionary, he's actually a completely different person than Elliot Alderson, the guy who's just trying to cover himself. Elliot Alderson, in these scenes we're seeing with Don and the FBI, yeah. is in the reality where Sinbad starred in Shazam. <laughs> Mr. Robot, with all of the scenes with Angela and E Corp and uh, F Society, yeah. and Irving, because Irving... 
at least as it pertained to this episode, just mm-hmm. condense it to this episode, exists in our reality where the movie was called Kazam and starred Shaq. Now I need to, now I, now I'm second oh my guessing myself the title of this movie. <laughs> oh, I really like that. It's a good theory. There's something there and it would, it would definitely fit the season arc that we've come to expect after mm-hmm. two seasons of some type of perception shift. Yep, Kazam, 1996. Yeah. 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think that's unfair. You know, it was a I think Shazam, lighthearted kids movie. I think Shazam would have done a lot better. <laughs> oh, maybe. Sinbad's pretty hilarious. But, I, oh man. There's a lot there. There's so much like, there. <laughs> There's a lot there, but I think the fact that Darlene never told Don, yeah. the fact that the address to the Red Wheelbarrow Cafe is different when Irving sees it versus when Dar- Darlene, or even at a point Angela sees it, there's something here. You can let me know in the comments. You can let me know on Twitter if I'm dead wrong. Send me screenshots if I'm dead wrong. But I think there's something, there's a possibility that that will be our perception shift, that somehow we're seeing two different universes at once, and the Hadron, okay. and yeah. the Hadron Collider, yeah, the Hadron Collider can allow them... Allow us to live in both, or allow us, the audience, to see and both. Then, and, the, and then they could go to, you know, a reality where maybe the parents are still yeah. alive without having to do time travel. Yeah, because- well, and let's be, and this actually does play into Angela and Irving's scene at the Red Wheelbarrow Cafe, cafe where she says, mm-hmm. has he shown you? Yeah. Do you believe it? Yeah. That, like, they're actually diving into what White, White Rose is saying. And he says, Yeah. Yeah, like what anything's possible. What White Rose is saying mm-hmm. is I can bring them back. But going back to that scene with Angela and Irving at um the ribs, uh the ribs restaurant, um I don't believe him anymore. <laughs> I don't believe Irving anymore. I feel like he lies to get the person he's managing to stay on their track. Because I believed him. I was just like, but then I really thought about it. I was like, has he really seen it? And how much interaction does he actually have with White Rose? Again, you know, he told Tyrell the whole ordeal about, oh, you know, I have sons and my wife and so forth. And that was just, again, to get him. So I feel like he kind of knows what Angelo wants to hear. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like he just said that. I don't necessarily believe that he's seen it. I mean, again, I don't know how important that detail is, but I feel like he lies to manage his people. Or withhold truths truth like he did with, um, yeah, like he did with, um, sorry, uh, He's dishonest, Tyrell. though, yeah. But he withheld the truth to Tyrell, because Tyrell was like, I after this is all done, mm-hmm. I want to take my baby and my wife oh, on yeah. this vacation. Oh, yeah, that made me sad. Let her know, let her know that that's going to happen. And Irving, like, with a knowing grin, was like, yeah, buddy, I'll get into that. Yeah. Irving knew full well she got shot days ago. And the, the FBI, like, Time? put the kid up. Rel is gonna, I feel like he's gonna freak out when he finds out the truth. And I feel like the baby's gonna be who knows where and... The baby's gonna be in an orphanage. Social, or social no, services. Do you not wind up in an orphanage? If I'm not social? sure how that works, but... I think I feel- you wait in an or- I think I think any child would wait in an orphanage until a foster parent picks it up. Although I guess a baby... But I don't... A baby I, might have foster parents. I feel like baby, babies Rel's- get foster parents pretty fast. It's it's yeah, kids. It's that makes kids. sense. Like he's still very few months, I'm guessing. But yeah, I feel like that's gonna be down the line. That's gonna be crazy. Oh, that's gonna be insane. Because yeah. if, if the baby has foster parents, he's gonna like kill those foster parents. Probably, yeah. It's gonna be bad. 
<laughs> it is going to be bad. Um, I wanted to mention uh, the scene with uh, Tyrell, not Tyrell, um, Elliot and Darlene at their apartment um, when he starts off as Mr. Robot, but then he just shifts to Elliot. I feel like I am uneasy how everybody so quickly trusts when the person within Elliot says, oh, it's me, it's Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's me, it's Elliot. But Because they never say, they just say it's me. Because then yeah. later, Mr. Robot says that to Angela. Like, oh it's yeah. Me. And they're just so quick to trust it. I don't know. I feel like my paranoid self would be like, how do you know it's not Elliot pretending to be Mr. Robot to get information? How do you know it's not Mr. Robot pretending to be Elliot to start? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. They just also, so quickly accept it as like, oh, okay, yeah. The artist in the chat, the, mm-hmm. is spelled with a three instead of an E. Didn't Angela get interviewed by a younger Angela? I thought that's why she believes White Rose. They never explicitly told us that. I'm assuming We're there's more to what... because it looks like her and... I'm assuming White Rose showed her more than we've been shown, but that would mm-hmm. that would actually make the most sense that she interviewed... Like, she was interviewed by, like, eight-year-old and her. She her would know. Yeah. She would know. And she always looks stunned in that... Well played, the artist. I think that's that's the extra level. I feel like Tim. I feel like I have my tinfoil hat on every time I do this show, guys. <laughs> where I'm, I'm here. I'm just right here. Where I'm just like, I, um, get your e coins. Society's gonna fall. You're gonna need e coin. And who are we talking to? Are we talking to Elliot? Or are we talking to Mr. Robot? But yeah, I just them saying it's me, and then Darlene saying that's a complicated statement. So I feel like encapsulates. Elliot and just that whole dynamic within him and Mr. Robot. It's a complicated statement. Yeah. Saying it's me. It's not that simple. And they're so easy to trust him. I don't get it. It's not, but like... I would... I, I seriously, I would be paranoid every single time I talk to him. Like, I don't believe you, but... I don't know. This... This is the Matrix in TV form. Um, and without then... Without that sequels. And then Elliot kind of delves into himself and figuring out why he still doesn't really want to turn in um Tyrell and the others um he kind of confesses that he still even though he wants to stop them mm-hmm. he kind of doesn't or he kind of still wants to be a part of this thing and if he stops them it has to be on his terms yeah well and he's seek he's seeking Elliot's approval so like what he, do you mean you mean Tyrell's or or sorry um yes I I thought we were talking yeah. about Tyrell. Tyrell no, 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 no. is Elliot because yeah, Elliot yeah. when Darlene asks him like why don't you just end this or turn them in and he He's, that's not so easy for him. No, because, like, he feels like he needs to see through whatever he did, which I think is important to him, or or he needs to fix it himself, because it was his, ultimately, what ultimately it's his doing. It's actually very, like, godlike complex of him. A little bit. That he, it has to be him, because Although, it might not, you might not be able to, and, you know, being able to turn them in or getting outside help could potentially be a more finite solution, but he doesn't want to go there. Although, in his defense, and he probably doesn't know this, mm-hmm. had he gone to the FBI, the FBI, unless he went yeah. to Dom specifically, and even then Dom would hit a bunch of red tape yeah. to actually prosecute, I don't think it would stop. No, yeah, but I don't think he, Dom's he doesn't know superior, that. Because like, that's Dom superior that's on the White Rose payroll. Yeah. Like, on the Dark Army payroll, so it would only get that far. But I'm sure someone is his superior. Perhaps, but, like, Dom isn't yeah. actually suspicious of him. We didn't. We weren't suspicious of him until last week. Some of us weren't. Yeah. That like, there's something to be said that. Oh, it's it's real interesting. What else do we like? I'm trying to think what else is happening. There's the well, F Society. Well, um, there was that guy. The guy who made the video. He's eating fruity pebbles. <laughs> I don't know. Fruity I pebbles guy. That. And then um, 
And then they come right to his apartment. He puts the mask on. Um, and then they interrogate him. What do you think of that guy? Um, I think he's... I think Dark Army specifically put him there as a patsy. Like, that's his job. That's what I thought at first. That's very Chinese. Until he spoke. I don't know. The way he said it, it felt very White Rose to me when they when they were yeah, drilling yeah. him. Like, who's your leader? Who's your leader? Is it Tyrell? Is it, you know, White Rose? Is it so... And then he was like, F Society. I don't know. Just the way he said it, it was very like... I, I don't know. It made me feel like he's not just a patsy. I don't know. He was just... He felt very White Rose think, to me in that but moment. But I think he's a... A dark, a professional dark army patsy. By the way, this is a thing in China that, like, somebody will stand trial and get sentenced in your place in China if you have enough money. What do you mean? Explain. If if I was tried for murder in China and I had enough money and influence, yeah, I could literally just have someone else stand trial oh. and be stand trial and be sentenced in my place. Oh. That's, I meant like in your place of domicile. What? Like a no, substitute? No, that's, that's insane. You can literally have a substitute. So like that's a thing. If you're coming from a culture that believe, if you're coming from a culture that allows that, it's not too far a stretch for there to be yeah. a whole cottage industry of people who just serve jail time for you. That's crazy. And I think that's what he may that, be. That's that, insane. I think he's the Dark Army's designated jail time server. Okay. That it's you need to do this. You need to put out this video that causes this panic. Yeah. From this Vimeo, so people will come and get you without a second thought. You'll get caught in this mask, so it's unidentifiably you. All you will say is that you have no leader, F society. So that the FBI will write you off as a leaderless, decentralized terror organization with yeah. no connection to the Dark Army. Like, with less of a connection to the Dark Army and White Rose and, like, bold plans. Because it was mentioned this week that white, they, they don't, no, most people can't confirm the existence of White Rose. Well, even when um, when Dom mentioned it in the interrogation and then her partner kind of looks at her like, you're crazy. And then later he kind of confronts her. He's like, that's a myth. What are you even doing? Um, sort of negating her off that path. And it made me suspicious of that guy. Like, why are you, like, what's the problem if she throws that name out there? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there might be more people in the in the payroll and the FBI. But yeah, like it almost, it's like, Oh, you're foolish to even mention that. Like that's so (laughs) nonsensical. Also a sky Knight in the chat. My main question is still, why do they sometimes pronounce Tyrell as Torrell and sometimes Tyrell? Different worlds, different, different realities, bro. Oh my gosh. One reality is the shack reality. The other reality is the Sinbad reality. (laughs) I think that makes it very simple. Yeah, I think, I yeah. think I'm sticking Sinbad with... Sinbad reality, shack reality. The Sinbad reality, the shack reality, okay, so everything is else. Elliot in the Sinbad reality or in the shack reality? Elliot is in the Sinbad reality, because that was the reality where Darlene is... It is confirmed. Okay. Darlene okay. is downloading Shazam, which does not exist in our reality. Okay. Okay. But I I don't want to get too far. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but does 5-9 exist in both? Five nine, you would think 5-9 exists in both, otherwise I think, why I think would so. they... Yeah. But then they're all trying to get the one where five nine didn't happen. I this, think this is where it falls apart. I I, I never said this was too perfect. much. It's too much. Um, uh, Darlene and Elliot have like a vengeance pack 
that they make this episode, which I thought was kind of interesting because kind of what I mentioned earlier, Darlene was talking about remorse for killing the woman in season two. And now she kind of asks Elliot, hey, you know, if something happens to me, you're going to avenge my death, right? Which felt, it felt, it felt random. Yeah. Like I didn't expect that from her. Um, I, it felt like, you know, like when you're like a little kid and you're like, I don't know, we're going to make this vengeance pack and you think it sounds cool, but there, and then Elliot kind of reacts the way I would expect him to. Like, what are you saying? But then he's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so I was, it was a cool little, I guess, sibling moment, but then it, it felt weird. Like they're both essentially agreeing to murder if one of the other, um, gets hurt or killed. So what you're saying is you're backing out of our revenge, our revenge pact? Damn it, you weren't supposed to say anything about it. I mean, well, that was, it was kind of well-known by this point that we have a... <laughs> if, any, if you mess with... It's mainly mm-hmm. in internet comments. If anybody messes with you in internet comments, I'll come up with a burner and come to your defense. Same. And then similarly... Vengeance pack. We, there are like 50 burners between us. <laughs> so many Google accounts. It's just phones break off of alerts. It's a whole thing. Maybe I actually really... I enjoyed this a lot. I think... I think part of... Part of why Darlene is the way she is, aside from, like... And it, it roots from seeing Cisco dying and, like, mm-hmm. seeing, like, the true... The true reality of what she's done is... She's kind of dealing with, like, wow, this is super serious. That she's not kidding when she says, like... I'm probably gonna die going wherever you go. Can can I at least have your word that you'll... Yeah. You'll kill those people when, when that happens? But it, it just seems like an odd request. Like, she... I don't know... Like, if, if you, I don't know, it's a completely different world, but if you were in that world and someone murdered you, you want them to go after them? I would feel like uh, what I would think a, good, a more, I don't know what a good word is, a better request would be like, oh, make sure that we you fix, if I die, make sure that you fix this. Like, you don't stop the mission. You know, not like, you make sure to kill whoever kills me. <laughs> you know, it almost felt trivial. It was weird. It just, it felt very odd in that moment. Again, I liked that they shared that uh-huh. little... Um, yeah, I got your back and you got mine, but then, I don't know, that was just weird. You're not wrong. But. <laughs> You're not wrong, it but was. she doesn't get killed in her, um, tracking of Mr. Robot. She merely, she merely finds out that. Angela is in on it. Which, I guess she doesn't know yet. No, I don't think she knew, and I feel like she was surprised by that. I guess she thought Angela was a corporate stooge who would sometimes help. I think, who would sometimes help us society. Angela was her friend. And well, yeah. Elliot's friend and really not even involved. That whole scene kind of tripped me out, though, when she follows them down the subway and then they disappear. But then she goes back up and they're getting in a cab. Like, how did they get back up there? Did I miss something? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was um, kind of weird. Yeah. People sleep. I think. Like, <laughs> a Sky Knight in the chat as well. Um, so far, they've been very adamant about having Elliot not kill anyone. Elliot himself has not killed anyone yet. That's a good point. So him even agreeing to that. And him glitching back when he tries to strangle Tyrell might have something to do. Oh, yeah. That moment was really great. With, like, there's there's some type of do no harm function. Please, please don't make him a robot. He's not. We saw guts. Actually, you're right. We saw guts. We (laughs) We saw saw guts. Please don't be a robot with guts. (laughs) (laughs) In <laughs> this episode, we saw Tyrell's, you know, altar to Elliot just continue to crumble. He was like, we're supposed to be gods together. You don't make sense as a human. Um, or I think that's what he says, or as a person. And then they go into their back and forth. Mr. Robot is like, you know, I could have taken the second shot. He um, he kind of strangles them. But then I feel like, you're right, that 
that's where he glitches. And I think in that moment, that's when Elliot comes back. He's like, I'm not letting you go this far to Mr. Robot. So maybe he does have some sort of control when Mr. Robot is active. Because maybe that was why he mm. stops him from essentially choking Tyrell. Perhaps. I... I I got nothing on that. It, like, <laughs> that whole scene, I was just taking it for what it was. Yeah. was that happened? He came back? Mm-hmm. And then, so, he he sees everyone, you know, he sees um, Tyrell, he sees Angela, and he's like, what the heck? And so, Angela drugs him, just to make sure, you know, they take him out. But, essentially, if he remembers, he's gonna know that mm, all these people are in on it, that Angela's in on it. Um, but it seems like they're gonna try to keep him drugged, at least, throughout the weekend, because Stage yeah. two is on? Well, and he's fired. So he can't... Even if he wasn't drugged, even if he wasn't sedated, even if he wasn't anything, he does not have access to the E-Corp, to the E-Corp files to be able... Right. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't try to do something. True. And, yeah. Are we ready for predictions? I think we've covered... I think we've covered the board. Let me see. Um, I guess... So. Oh, and then I also wanted to mention the whole phone metadata thing that they mentioned oh, yes. at the beginning, which I felt like was kind of like a recurrent theme this episode, which I never thought about. Like, when you upload a picture the, to whatever, you're actually sending them your phone information, the data was taken, the place... You're sending so much information, I feel like, throughout this episode. Like, you had scenes where, like, you... If you kind of look deep enough, you're dropping clues into other stuff that's not necessarily what's the thing that necessarily unfolding on camera. Anyway, I meant to Google what a dot part two is because I feel like that I feel like a dot part two would have a lot to do with metadata. A dot part two was that. That's the um, the file extension okay. in the episode title. And if it's all about, um, yeah, it's a archive. That's oh, and you also mentioned the the voice scrambler thing that they Elliot yes, used if you if episode. you Google voice scrambler, the mm-hmm. first article is an article from The Verge specifically about the voice scrambler that Elliot uses. Mm-hmm. I only skimmed the article, but essentially it does work. It's a thing that exists that... At first it sounded just like, I thought it was like a radio or something that was playing just to like play over their voices, but then it does sort of distort a couple of... It sounded like it distorts some of the audio and mm-hmm. the ambiance. Par 2 files contain error correction data that can be used to fix files that become corrupted using upload-download process on the Usenet. Where there's no built-in error correction, PAR2 files work with both Windows and Mac and can be used to protect any kind of file. So PAR2 is kind of like a... So, like, if something goes wrong, if you send me a file and Mm -hmm. something goes wrong, you can send me a PAR or a partial that will allow the file to actually still work for me. Oh, really? I mean, the file would have to be pretty big for you to not just have to send me the... Like resend, yeah, like resend yeah. me the file, but it's that's a type of file. That's okay. That's a type of thing that exists. So if you sent me like a two terabyte file, mm-hmm. and then something went wrong, you can make a partition or like a partial that will then plug all the holes, so it'll still Learning work for all me. This tech stuff without me having to download t- a two terabyte file and you having to send a two terabyte file. It's a broadband. Th- I figured it out. Okay. I got it. All right. All right. Cool. I think that takes us into predictions. Yeah, I'm good. Does Elliot undo the hack? Or, do, yeah, does Elliot unredo? Does Elliot stop stage two? Mm, it's very bold to say either way. I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. He does, he thwarts it. 
somehow. Um, he thwarts the plan. I don't know if he necessarily stops it or undoes it, but he thwarts it. Like it's not going to go exactly the way they want it to. I think he thwarts. Gonna... I don't think he thwarts it at all. I oh. think from what we're seeing, okay, a because next episode is literally going yeah. to be a sixty-minute commercial-free episode. I'm so hyped. Me too. Mm-hmm. And B, we saw specifically shots of Angela running through a graffitied and like bedlamed E Corp office. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it seems likely that stage two would create that kind of bedlam. So that means stage two happens. I think stage two will happen, but I think he's going to thwart it somehow. The preview for next week got me so excited. They were like, it's going to be a TV groundbreaking event. There's all of these rumors and speculation about what this episode's going to entail. I'm really excited. The main one um, that has been floating around is that it's going to be a whole single shot episode. Have you heard that? Um, a la Birdman, where no, it's, no, yeah, I, where it's just like continuous the whole way. I've seen that in so many different places, and I think that would actually be the preview really cool. And it makes sense because if it has no commercial interruptions, it's just gonna be. You're saying the whole episode's one take, or the whole episode? It's gonna look as if the whole it's, episode's gonna seem as one continuous shot. Yeah. Oh god, that's that's Emmy bait. Yeah, it's gonna be great, but like that's the that's the I, Emmy episode. Yeah, if there ever was one, zero commercial interruption. I'm going with that. And that, that I sounds good. I feel like good. that might be, and that would be amazing. I um, love Birdman, so I feel like it It would just, and with Sam Esmail, I'm sure it would look Reggie phenomenal. Williams in the chat thinks stage two is going to happen. A Sky Knight in the chat thinks stage two is going to happen. Um, a Sky Knight says that would be so cool. I think, I'm pretty sure they're talking about the, mm-hmm. um, pretty Single sure um, Dillo Man 8. He is also Ryan on Twitter. Thank you. Thanks again for asking the question about the benches. There was a thing about benches with mm-hmm. the Cisco and Darlene. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cisco and Darlene in the scene from last week, it looked like the benches were train tracks and yes. that they were on the train tracks. I can't take credit for that. People on Reddit talked about that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think anything else. I, I gave a pretty huge prediction in the middle of the episode, in the middle of the after show, so I don't know if I actually have anything else. Well, okay, so um, there's going to be Bedlam. Um, I... If if Elliot remembers seeing Dar or not Darlene seeing mm. Angela, you know, with Tyrell, you know, his image of his, you know, innocent friend, best friend who he trusts is going to kind of be shattered. I don't know. Is that going to affect how you know if he helps her or how he treats her in the midst of the chaos that stage two might? Mm-hmm. And does Tyrell does Tyrell find out, find out about his wife and child? Oh my gosh! In the middle of stage two, I'm like the end of stage for two, that. Um, next week at all. And you know what's so funny? And they were mentioning in that this episode, like, oh, after it's done, we'll go on a vacation, you know? <laughs> he was like, yeah. When he's saying, I want to go with my wife and my son, he was like, oh, we'll go to the Ukraine. Like, they just, they act like they're not about to just, like, impose all of this cray. And it's something they can just go to a vacation to afterwards. It's so, like, matter of fact. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of, I thought that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, next week, I am just really looking forward to it. It's going to be crazy. Um, let's see, good. let's see anything else. When does Dom switch, to, when does Dom switch sides? Because that's bound to happen. Maybe when she finds out the truth about, like, her boss. When and she how, finds out that how she's... deep into the FBI, <sighs> the Dark Army is, and... I mean, if she does switch sides ever down the line, I'm sure she's gonna hold on to her job and still try to, like, work it from the inside, um, whatever... Although it looks like her job falls apart. I don't know what's... <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it could be like after um, the first um, the first thing in season one where it just descends into more craziness, but then there's still like some control and order. 
I don't know. Hopefully. Perhaps there will. Um, Ace Guy Knight says, I will ride if Flipper dies. I agree. Flipper should not die. Oh, they went on, they took him for a walk this episode. That was fun. We see Flipper, Flipper's being taken care of, Flipper's good. You know, and all this craziness going on in Elliot's head and around him, he's still, like, he's a good dog owner. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna take my dog for a walk. He's not forgetful. Um, You know what I mean? That's nice. (laughs) I think in the, I think in the Kazam universe, Flipper's name is QWERTY. I know Cordy's name was the fish. <laughs> don't don't hold me to these. I think because I keep making that mistake, that's something that happens in between. Uh, I those. mean, why not? Do you have any predictions of the watch before we head on out of here? Um, no, but I wanted to um, quickly like um, point out because this week was Halloween, and I love Rami Malek, and he had a great Halloween costume that I wanted to share with you guys. Whoa, you probably saw news. it. You guys probably, um, I don't know if you guys follow him online, but check this out. Rami as Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> um, I think this was one of my favorite celebrity costumes that I saw this week. And look at that jawline. Like, he looks exactly like him. Yep. No, that I that really works. And then this just also gets me excited for him playing Freddie Mercury also. Because um, when you saw those pictures, it looked amazing. But yeah, I just wanted to share this because he looked so great and... One of my favorite. Actors. I'm excited for him. He's so he's up. absolutely he's been one of my favorite actors for a very long time. He was he was on a three camera sitcom on Fox that somehow had two seasons called The War at Home. Okay, it was Michael Rappaport? Oh, pretty sure. Yeah, who's great? I'm not saying that the show was bad. I'm just saying that like yeah, it was it was long book. enough ago that like two camera sitcoms or like three camera sitcoms around that time were and it, like mm-hmm. it it suffered from a lot of like simplistic writing, but like his character on that show. Was pretty much like the friend next door who like learned that he was gay. Okay. And it was like this well acted. I'm so Googling this. It was this well acted, well researched, like this really just well acted character piece in the middle of like this all over the place three camera sitcom. Oh. It was really fun. He was really good in that. And then like obviously. The obviously he was in both uh, Night at the Museum films, mm-hmm. and he has this tiny, tiny scene in Gilmore Girls back I, in the day, yeah. and it's hilarious, and it, it's just very him. And he has like a little spiel in the middle of it mm-hmm. because they're like in a, a student group circle. And I have negative, fantastic. I have negative feelings about the brand new Gilmore Girls, which we'll talk about after after this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, well, I guess, yeah, I guess... This is it. Uh, where can the people talk to you about Gilmore um, Girls and things? About any TV show, I watched a crap load of them. Um, you can catch me online, um, Twitter and Instagram, at Face. And you guys can find me on Twitter almost exclusively. I'm at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I also do a vlog called The Sober Year. You can go to thesoberyear.com. It'll take you straight there. I believe this is week 20, if not 21. Good. I can't count. <laughs> or drink. I can't count or drink at this point. <laughs> Thank you, friends, and good night. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Shazam, Shazam with Sinbad. The <laughs> views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.